Hey, welcome to the Thodcast, conversations about animation. I'm Philip Elke here in northern Minnesota and joined by, once again, uh, now regular co-hosts of the Thodcasts, joining from the great state of Georgia. It's uh, Alex D. How's it going, Alex? And also Bridget. Thanks Hello. for coming on. Yeah. Hello. Hey, hey. <laughs> Well, uh, we got another great episode for Thodcast listeners today. Thodheads, as we uh, <laughs> lovingly refer to them. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this is a film from 2015. We got on to the topic of Pixar. I guess uh, this is our series on Pixar flops <laughs> after Lightyear. <laughs> no, um, and, and of course, the voice of Socks, uh, our beloved Socks from Lightyear, Socks the Cat, uh, was voiced by Pete Sohn, or Peter Sohn, as he styled in the credits of this film. Um, and uh, he directed the film, The Good Dinosaur, from 2015. So I thought uh, we would revisit this movie, which is a bit of a sentimental favorite of mine, and I think the rest of the cast as well that we have on today. Um, I know, Bridget, you had kind of a story of experiencing this film that was very heartfelt. Um, I'll let you go first in describing your experience with The Good Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. So, of course. So, The Good Dinosaur, I, I honestly, I didn't know it was Pixar's like first flop until I actually looked into it. I didn't realize that like it didn't do very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course it came out in 2015. So I took, my daughter was like two and a half at the time. So that was her first movie and it was like really cute. And then of course, you know, like some traumatic things happen. I don't know if we're going to give spoilers yet, but mm -hmm. if people haven't seen it yet, but I doubt it, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's traumatic things happen. Some feel good things happen, but then at the end, like, you know, like a really big feel good moment happens. And my daughter started crying and I was like, I, at I was like, I was confused. I was like, I, I know she's not scared. And so she was just like, oh yeah, I just, I was like, she was happy that he had a happy ending. And I was like, oh, like two and a half. Like I, I did not, I mean, I should have known that she was going to be like a big empath at this, at that yeah. point of her life. Complex but yeah, it was just, yeah, yeah, it was like really funny that I was like, oh, two and a half, but she understood what was happening. So of course, I mean, I have like a good, a good time with this movie, but maybe I'm biased. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Um, so I was surprised when I found out it was 2015 because I felt like it was way earlier than that. Um, um <laughs> sorry. Um, I thought it was way earlier than that because my youngest sister is like obsessed with dinosaurs. So I remember um <clears throat> seeing it in like the theaters. Mm. Um, and I I know that I had seen the movie, but I couldn't really like think about it until I started watching it again today and um, then I was like oh yeah I remember like everything now and then like I immediately was like sad because um, <laughs> I knew like that I was going to be sad so <laughs> planning for my sadness but um, yeah I saw it in theaters when it had come out and uh, it's it's so cute it was such a cute movie I'm really glad like that I sat down and Took the time to like rewatch that again today because um I probably wouldn't have rewatched mm. it, but I'm also surprised to hear that it was a flop because I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was cute. I mean they sold merch. I have an Arlo right behind me. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Like it did well enough to have merch in the Disney store. Yeah, I uh, have a couple pins from the good dinosaur. Yeah, this movie was, I mean, it was almost a bit of a Pixar also ran in 2015. The, the big release from that year, the major hit was the, um, the film Inside Out. Uh, mm. Definitely an obligatory piece to cover on the Thoughtcast, which we surprisingly have not yet next uh, one <laughs> hey there, there's time i was oh, yeah. i did not realize they came out around the same time or the same year and inside know. out had me shook i've never been so yeah. touched by a film before especially as a parent <laughs> and i was like oh gosh like right to the heart yeah the we will movie. <laughs> we will get to it uh, especially with the minnesota connection too i mean it's about a family that moves from minnesota to california i'm from minnesota california in 2015 as well so Definitely hit it at the right time yeah, for me. It was like about your life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> this, the good dinosaur originated as a concept, I, I guess, probably early 2000s. But um, the first time anyone got wind of it in the general public was in a 2009 behind the scenes look at the film Up. There were some images on the walls of the Pixar Studios uh with some dinosaurs some sauropods drawn on them uh you know the long neck style brontosaurus apatosaurus you know brachiosaurus uh, you know what arlo ended up being um and uh it, it evolved into you know the untitled pixar movie about dinosaurs that would be revealed at later detail 23 convention but uh yeah there's there was a lot kind of um of buzz about the film and it was slated for a 2013 release upon its initial announcement but then that got pushed uh first to 2014 and then to um i think it was what may 2014 it ended up being like uh, late 2015, November 2015, that the film ultimately came out. So, yeah, a lot of uh, drama with this movie, I would say, in its ultimate, um, you know, road from conception to release. Do we know why it was delayed so long? Or no? They, yeah, but... they scrapped the director. I read that thing that you sent me <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, oh, I, oh, I didn't do my homework. My bad. <laughs> no, it's OK. I, I was reading from the Pixar wiki uh, earlier. It was, <laughs> it was just because like they got a new director. Like, yeah, they like kicked him. They kicked that one out and got a new one. The, the It was initially, I think, pitched or developed by uh, Bob Peterson, who was a very noted presence at Pixar uh, and he continues to work on Pixar projects. I think his most recent endeavors have been this uh, Doug, the dog miniseries on Disney plus. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen those or heard about, I, I, I think I haven't watched that one specifically, but I've seen it on the app. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Doug days or something. Um, it's, it, it looks cute. It's we haven't watched it. Is that the up? Is that the I, up I don't know that my kids have seen. Yeah, the dog from Up. I don't even think my kids have watched Up because I don't, I'm a bad parent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I told Scarlett, um, my daughter, I was like, we have to make Oliver watch The Good Dinosaur because he loves dinosaurs. He's three. I'm like, we have, we have to make him watch it. 
that's the homework I didn't do. I didn't watch it again. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> you watch it again? Well, no, I Going I was to- going to when I ran out of time, but I did read what Philip sent us. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you watched the, it. I, I read it. <laughs> a good article about the, the making of as well from Slash Film. Uh, hat tip to Peter Siretta. Um, But also, yeah, as I read here, my voice is slipping into sort of the loose DJ vibe. <laughs> from, I, I do actually work in radio. I'm, I'm not really a dj per se but uh i you know something that i want to be conscious of so as to not just be the stereotypical uh radio personality in my podcasting career uh no um but yeah part of why a director would get removed from a project is because after sitting with an idea for so long things get stale but it's hard to remove oneself from these ideas that just gets so um solidified and almost um uh petrified in one's mind uh and and then you you lose perspective on you know what should stay what can go you know what's redundant uh and so for bob peterson i think just the way the film was transpiring the story wasn't working very well and he wasn't able to you know, make the leap to just, you know, discard all the work he had done. So, you know, the decision was made for him to leave the project and they brought on um, one of the, one of his chief lieutenants, Peter Sohn to, to take over. And they basically just totally revamped the story from page one. Um, and, uh, and it, it was kind of a rush production. And a lot of these animated films that have very long development cycles end up just totally uh, evolving in, and uh, I guess uh, transforming in, in their final year to two years of production. Um, Frozen, I know is a similar story, but um, yeah, it's a lot of crazy just um, iteration that goes on with these films as we know. Uh, but Bob Peterson, yeah, he has yet to fully direct a Pixar feature, even though he's been with the studio basically from the beginning, from what I can recall. Uh, he is kind of one of those big figures like an Andrew Stanton, like a Pete Doctor, um, Lee Uncrich, uh, Brad Bird, you know, some of these this main stable of Pixar directors. However, um, none of his feature films have really come to full fruition other than that he was a co-director on Up from 2009. Uh, so that's my spiel on, on Bob Peterson and the film's sort of uh, creative stagnation that resulted in his uh, ouster. I, it, wasn't, it clearly wasn't overly dramatic as he still does work for Pixar, um, but you know, I'm sure it wasn't a fun time <laughs> being in that situation for, for really anybody. I was looking to see like, what he's done because you said that he hasn't like directed anything solely mm-hmm. um and apparently he got a primetime emmy award for outstanding short form animated program for forky asks a question which right. is a short on disney plus and i have watched those and they're very funny they're like they're very cute um which i thought was funny but that's i saw that um this movie was like the first directing debut for 
Peter Stone. Is that how you say it? Stone. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's not like, oh, it's a flop. But I was like, I thought it was a cute movie. And I mean, if that was like his first time, like good for him. Because I, I, I never it. would have known it was even a flop. Like it seemed like a yeah, movie to me. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, this uh, Pixar Wiki uh, article says that it netted sort of a loss of 60, was it 68 million or something? I, I mean, movies uh, and budgets and incomes like are, are kind of nebulous because uh, once a movie is made, it can generate, uh, you know, a return, you know, in perpetuity. Uh, whether you know through like home media and streaming and things like that so uh, some there's sort of an adage that all movies are profitable eventually <laughs> yeah well that's what like i read uh, a different article on like bomb report uh and that's what it said at the time i don't i didn't see what year it was written but it was like oh the good dinosaur was pixar's 16th film in their first and only flop at the current time and that's mm. i was like oh i didn't know it flopped <laughs> I was unaware. You guys have merch. Like, how did it flop? Like, I mean, I, I imagine they like already. They usually come out with the merch before the movie comes out because they want like people to anticipate the movie coming out. Yeah, um, says here net loss of eighty five million according to the Pixar wiki. But yeah, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they probably would have made more merchandise after the movie came out if it were more successful. <laughs> but uh, yeah. obviously, every of one of these movies has a, a pretty big marketing campaign that includes a lot of merchandise leading up to the the movie and there are probably good dinosaur happy meals who knows i'm sure yeah and that's and the thing is i think it also like longevity because like you couldn't go into a store and find the good dinosaur anything mm. more than likely like i i see buzz lightyear stuff i see bluey stuff like i see all these different things but i haven't seen the good dinosaur since we i mean we got yeah. this at the Disney store in Hawaii in <laughs> 2017. Oh, so, your plushie? Yeah, this plushie. Awesome. It was 2017 is when we got it at the Disney store. And so, because she loved it. And so I was like, okay. So it, it's lasted two years <laughs> at least, but I haven't been to the Disney store since. But they probably, I would imagine they don't have the good dinosaur anymore. You never know what you'll find out there in the yeah. wild. I, any good stories of just like really random franchises appearing on your local uh, toy store shelves? <laughs> I mean, hey, I, well, I so what I oh, see the most you right a, now. Oh, this is sock, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, oh yeah, I know. I'm jealous of her. Sock. Alex has the sock. Um, <laughs> I needed a, a prop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I I found I found this one. So now I. Philip, go find a prop. <laughs> Pull your pen. Uh, my <laughs> my comfort animal, my uh, what yeah. is it? My therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Philip is going to find his therapy, his therapy plushie. <laughs> oh, a sisu! I love it. Yeah, my, that's a good one. My go-to, uh, my sisu here. Yeah, and I actually had an Anna too. I we have an Anna, a uh, stuffed Anna, but I don't know where she is. She's I got a bunch of stuff. I don't oh, know what the one that gets brought out. He talks though. Well, he he's he's relevant. So, <laughs> oh, that's cute, Anna. Yeah. Um. This this movie does have an interesting Frozen connection as well. Uh, Sisu, of course, uh, sort of related to dinosaurs being a dragon. Um. I guess uh, 
and I I was just at a in a Walmart recently, and I hadn't been in in a long time. Um, but I'm trying to remember if if I saw any cool, <laughs> just random things on the shelf. Um, I don't well, know. there's like a big like nostalgia. There's like a big nostalgia like throwback um, things that they're doing in Walmart. I was literally just there today, uh, sure. killing time. <laughs> but they have like a lot of, um, gosh, what are they called? Like He Man. Oh uh, yeah. Like like those action figures. Like those are coming back. That's like big right now. Because um, I was walking through and I was like, man, this it's Walmart. It's much nicer than the one that's in Groptown. Um, <laughs> what Walmart were you at? I was at the Evans one. Their oh. like their toy section is much bigger. Like it was like full of stuff, and I was like, they have so much. They had like a whole like section of bluey stuff. I was like, you know, that that's our thing right now. So <laughs> it was great because we don't have that much stuff at my Walmart. Yeah, I know there was some cool like Lego sets, um, but yeah, the um, Frozen connection uh, I'll just briefly mention is. Um, this movie went through several title changes and had a, a slate for 2013 at one point, I think during, let's see, uh, on December 22nd, 2011, Disney shared upcoming release dates for its films, a mysterious film titled Frozen rested on the date of November 27th, 2013. Uh, which led many to believe that The Good Dinosaur, originally scheduled to release on that date, now had the title of Frozen. Um, but uh, <laughs> that was just they speculation. Said, what, will, what will bring in the big bucks? Uh, <laughs> we'll do Frozen first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, back in these early days of speculation, yeah, I wonder who would have bet that this mysterious film from Disney animation called Frozen would be the higher box office haul than the Pixar movie about dinosaurs. But I know I would have preferred the Pixar movie personally. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they should have had songs. They had to make it a musical. That's how you, that's how you get the kids. <laughs> Dinosaur in a sparkly dress. Yeah, give him ice powers. <laughs> slash film article also made an interesting Spielberg connection. Uh, the author said there was a dual connection to Spielberg, and I was like, "Oh, it must mean uh, the the film." Well, Spielberg brought us two dinosaur franchises in Land Before Time, which he produced, co-produced with George Lucas. And uh, of course, that was a big Don Bluth directed film as well. You know, uh, famous cl classic 2D animator Don Bluth. And then, you know, Spielberg was the father of the Jurassic Park films as well. So that was not the connection, though, to Spielberg that was being cited. It was the fact that in order to save on budget costs, they, uh, reuse large sections of the same sets in in these uh in this film uh so that you know they didn't have to um just create a new set every time um it's you know there was a change in setting uh a lot of this this movie the good dinosaur is centered around a river and so they would just use the same section of the river but just in different positions orientations to um, yeah, disguise the fact that they were just using the same section. Uh, and that was, a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a technique that Spielberg used in one of his earliest films, uh, a movie called Duel, which is set on a highway. 
and he would just use the same um, section of highway and just dress it differently, uh, film it from different angles to make it, you know, look like they were traveling much longer distance than they actually were. Hmm. I definitely noticed the river being a big part of the movie, but I, I guess I wasn't really paying attention enough to notice it was the same piece of the river. <laughs> oh, yeah. Time. Well, I didn't even make the correlation that like the river and like the weather was like linked with what was going on with Arlo at the time. I didn't even make that correlation when I watched it. And then I read it and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. Like when all like, you know, the bad stuff and all the turmoil is happening, it's not a good time. Oh, like, cause like, it's as bad as dad. Like, I know. I was yeah. like, there was some foreshadowing. I was like, I was like, like someone's got like trauma from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we'll just, you know, not be conscious of spoilers from now on in the episode. I mean, it, it's uh, well, at this point, you, yeah, you, you've had to have seen it. And if you haven't seen it, well, we're going to spoil it. For yeah, you. We're like 30 minutes in. They'll be fine. Yeah. They've made it this far. They want the spoilers. I was extremely captivated, cap, capitated by decapitated <laughs> by this movie. I was captivated by the good dinosaur when I first saw it. Um, but, you know, I did take note of sort of the similarity to a famous scene in the lion king when uh, you know the wildebeests in that film are sort of a stand-in for a uh, an avalanche or a, a tidal wave of you know water this the swell of you know raging uh, flooding river that <laughs> comes in and unfortunately does the same thing to arlo's dad in this movie that, that was kind of shocking i couldn't actually i didn't remember that now re-watching it on disney plus whether Arlo's dad survived to the end or or was killed in the beginning. Uh, so I, I was surprised. Oh, see, this is why spoilers aren't such a big deal, because even I forgot that Henry, <laughs> uh, Arlo's father, died. And the, like, and, there's some uh, trauma there, but I don't know why. <laughs> there was a headstone. Yeah. The, the scene after he uh, gets hit by the wave. And um, so it's like, oh, he actually did. Uh, although, you know, it's perhaps i was remembering the sort of uh vision that arlo had later on uh, also similar to lion king of <laughs> uh, simba has a vision of his father as well uh but arlo yeah has that dream of after he gets knocked out he's like know. all tangled up in the well when that yeah. came up i was like wait is his dad actually dead I, yeah exactly I, I was like is this actually real like is this a plot twist but i was like no 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 it's actually all a dream uh it's inception <laughs> that uh yeah flood was just henry's excuse to to just bail like, on his family been around like, this whole time like and like he just is also <laughs> trying to find his way back home like maybe he got walked away somewhere there's a lot of parts of in the movie that like I was like shocked about like the the pterodactyls kind of yeah that was like a pretty brutal scene for like a kid every pterodactyl scene up my heart was racing (laughs) I was like can we like this is a little too much for me like I can't imagine children watching this some real wild stuff in this movie, perhaps more intense than almost any other Pixar movie at times. It really goes at a 10, you know, takes it to a, a 10 in some strange moments that maybe people found kind of off-putting and dissonant. Dark. Um, yeah. But I I mean, I <laughs> love that kind of thing. Creature, like just straight up slurps up the, he like gets Arla to save him and then immediately like eats him. I was like, 
I, what? I, I want to say I'm with, I'm I'm with Philip. I'm like yeah, stuff like that. I find like so funny because I'm pretty sure I like I was like uh, oh no. Oh my gosh, I was like I was so I was like how do I not remember this because I'm thinking like okay he's on his journey to get back home. I know he meets you know he's got the little boy and whatever and he's gonna get all this help to get back home. And then, okay, his first, like, little troop of people is uh, the pterodactyls to help him. And then the, it's, like, great. And they picked up the cute little fox or little whatever. fluffy thing. Whatever it was. And, <laughs> and, just, and just immediately, like, and the tail's hanging out of his mouth. I literally was, like, I was, like, they, the kid, this is a kid's movie? Like, that would have been traumatizing if I was oh, a child. Yeah. They're it's, kind of like freaky looking too. You are like they, scary. <laughs> and then you meet the the T Rex, and like those are like the actually like nice. I know. Ones. I love them. They're like you know you're like a good like Midwesterner like cowboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboy yeah. gang. <laughs> my favorite part of the movie. My my favorite part of the whole movie was was when the T Rex dad was spewing out like this is what i need you to do and it was like pretty much all foreign to oh, our wow. love and he was like what and the daughter was like he just wants you to stand on that rock and scream <laughs> i think that <laughs> was like my favorite part because i was like that's so funny because i they gave him like 30 seconds of dialogue just rambling and and then it just cuts to like what <laughs> <laughs> this incoherent sort of <laughs> slang from out on the range yeah we'll get the bulge on him that that was i didn't think that was sam elliott because it just sounded too exaggerated to actually be sam elliott. but it is they, they got sam elliott to do that <laughs> they're like uh, we need we need a good good westerner Let, let's find him say yeah, that's your guy movie is basically a western or a, kind of a pastoral as well like bambi um, but definitely, yeah, it takes place in the old American West on uh, in the mountain range and lots of like buttes and I don't know, <laughs> the, uh, the, um, uh, longhorns, uh, just iconic imagery from, I, I mean, this takes place all in a world. Corn, you got all the corn going on <laughs> the there. Yeah. <laughs> Humans well, living. I alongside dinosaurs because the asteroid never hit yeah <laughs> i love how they don't give the humans any dialogue at all i thought yeah I, they're like wild they're like I'm, wild animals and the dinosaurs are like the civilized exactly. creatures i thought that was pretty interesting that was something that i didn't remember um about it where um the, like howled. the the humans mm. do not have uh for like a form of communication besides making noises and it's not speaking whereas the dinosaurs and even well i guess it is only the dinosaurs that talk to each other huh because the i think like the little animals that we saw like what they like chitter yeah and i think that's about it but Mm -hmm. The dinosaurs spoke and the humans mm -hmm. didn't so I, I found that pretty interesting for them to have such and i mean spot was such a big character in the movie and never said anything at all yeah kind of like freaky. he acted as the sidekick as like you know you have your your disney princesses with their sidekicks this he was is, pascal he's the pascal for yeah, exactly. but it's 
it's not what you would think. You would think, oh, a dinosaur movie with humans and dinosaurs, the human is going to be mm-hmm. the protagonist and and the you know the dinosaur is going to be the the partner and this was this was flopped and i thought that was a pretty interesting take and i and i like that hmm. yeah it's like a boy and his dog sort of story yeah. uh, but <laughs> the human's the dog roles reversed oh uh, it makes sense though like if dinosaurs would have never like gone extinct or whatever like they they i guess they're in this world they Mm -hmm. like were more civilized by the time humans came around and like humans like i mean we just started off like you know like everything else making noises and trying to figure out how to to communicate like i feel like yeah eating corn uh stealing corn from dinosaurs uh howling at the moon uh (laughs) like these dinosaurs are like farming and have like a like a routine for their day and they have silos a little (laughs) silo and start to like tearing up the crops and they're like what is happening? What creature is taking our crops? It's like a little boy. Yeah, the yeah, an- yeah anthropomorphizing in this film. Um, I mean, John Laster uh, talked about it at at one of the D twenty three expos. I think D twenty three Expo has always been um, every other year uh, um, until pandemic. They that they put it off an extra year, um, but it's, it's like going on it. It just happened, right? D twenty three Expo. No, it's about it's about to it's, happen. Yeah, oh, okay. in September. September, right? yeah, because yeah. Lindsay's going. Uh, Lindsay's going. Yeah, there you go. Our friend's going. Um, it and mother's uh, going too, Philip. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she was on our uh, Cruel episode. I uh, hope to have her back on the show. Um, and yeah, we uh, are um. Well, we're talking about John Lasseter. Uh, he, he just had a movie come out, too, that we could talk about on here. Um, Luck on, on Apple TV. So uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you haven't heard of it. Um, I've heard of it. I don't have Apple TV, though. <laughs> okay. I need to get with the times, get in, get the other streaming channels. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but the, the design of the dinosaurs, Lasseter mentioned that um, they... We're going to be cartoony looking, but not anthropomorphized to the extent that they're like wearing clothes and walking on hind legs like in Zootopia or something. But uh, yeah, they, they, you know, the designs of the characters here are are fairly exaggerated. Uh, I guess that's an understatement. They're extremely, you know, uh, Spot's head is, you know, three fourths the side of size of his body <laughs> it's it's pretty insane um but then the the dinosaurs themselves also are very kind of bizarre i don't know balloon like almost they're they're very noodly <laughs> like in classical uh yeah describe them balloon like yeah. and noodly yeah. exactly what they look yes. like that's perfect that's that is absolutely it like they they look like dinosaurs you you obviously know they are dinosaurs but they are very um they're too fluid like like <laughs> it's a cartoon like it is a very much a yeah after watching the good dinosaur i put on dinosaur mm-hmm. disney's dinosaur and i was like okay i know that is an old movie but it's a little too realistic looking for my liking <laughs> um so i kind of I, I didn't i didn't end up finishing it but i was getting kind of into it but Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I appreciate this um, more childlike cartoon approach, it's, but especially going along with the storyline is 
is the story is is dark and there's like a lot of crazy things that happen i feel like it for it to be um you know marketed towards kids with this storyline you did need something that was more bulbous and unreal well, you know? it was like welcoming it's like you don't want it to be like you don't want jurassic park because yeah. then it's like it's too realistic right but if you go like too cartoony then it's like, oh, it's like an episode of Scooby-Doo, but yeah. like dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. There's several animals that I've read, you know, described that they reference. Um, they really referenced when designing the dinosaurs and animating their movements. Um, elephants primarily for the four-legged dinosaurs, um, but also um giraffes they, they first studied say, giraffes. giraffes is in there because arlo definitely gave mm. his his legs the way he walked especially like reminded me of hurt. a baby giraffe <laughs> when he was yeah. hurt and getting out of the water when he's all banged up his knees are all scraped and stuff i was like this looks too good like so they look like newborn baby giraffe what else what else did they reference well because giraffes necks are a bit too stiff for what they were going for here um camels ended up being a more reliable reference for the neck movements wow uh, and then well, i mean the... they have like their necks on a swivel too like i, I it was yeah. funny because i never made the correlation until i read it and i was like oh that makes so much sense like it, they really do because he was all like floppy he was a very floppy dinosaur floppy yes <laughs> yeah very floppy yeah. <laughs> then ostriches for the bipedal uh dinosaurs like the uh, t-rexes and such well i thought it was interesting that article so it was like they didn't want the t-rexes to actually run like t-rexes they wanted them to run like they were like cowboys on a horse <laughs> so that's why they look like they're like riding a horse not running like a yeah, like they're galloping. They're not actually like running like a T Rex would, all crunched over and stuff. They're like, no, they are cowboys. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, it says they, they sure were cowboys too. They really were. I they were living the their best life. Like, yeah, I love, I love the T Rex scene in the movie. I thought it was so. Then they're what are they going after? Like bison or yaks? Or... Yeah, they have like bison, and then like the it's like velociraptors like are the like the ones trying to get like them. Yeah, the rustlers. Yeah, they're all like crazy, and they're like, "Hey, let me eat your stuff," and they're like, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> wrangle them, get them, get them free." <laughs> See, that was uh, Anna Paquin is Ramsey, the girl mm -hmm. T Rex. Um, AJ Buckley, Nash. I'm not sure what else he's been in. Anna Paquin, of course, uh, a lot of things. She's she true blood. Yeah, she was Rogue yes. in X Men. Yeah. Um, Oh, the the guy who did the crazy um, triceratops type dinosaur with all the pets um, is, <laughs> is Steve Zahn. And I think everyone from our generation would recognize him as sort of the nerdy Star Trek, Star Trekky guy in Daddy Daycare. We all saw that, didn't we? <laughs> Girl, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, i was i remember he was in a lot of like funny movies back then yeah he was he was saving silverman he was in all those movies You've a got lot of old... voices sounded familiar in this movie yeah but, and, and i didn't i didn't look anything up um sometimes i do sometimes i like to see what uh you guys teach me but um i i <laughs> heard a lot of familiar voices but not anything that i was like i could anything i could place so 
Well, Sam Elliott, I feel like is he was the one that I was like, that's Sam Elliott. That was <laughs> His voice is so like he yeah, he was like the dad T Rex. Who who was who was um Arlo's dad? Is he anybody? Yeah. Was it John Lithgow? Was that the dad? Originally Papa? they they re-record a bunch of dialogue and they recast the John Lithgow character um oh. t- uh, to that role <laughs> ended up going to Jeffrey Wright. Um, and he, let's see, Jeffrey Wright, you know, he's famous for Felix Leiter from the James Bond films. Oh, I um, love him. He was in The Hunger Games. Yeah. He's been tons of stuff. One of the really smart guys when they had to like, when all the, the like winners had to fight each other. He was like the nerdy, really smart guy. Oh, yeah. He was just uh, Commissioner Gordon, uh, Lieutenant James Gordon in The Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's in Westworld plays bernard um yeah tons of stuff i feel like he was recently a, a voice well he was in the marvel what if series as the watcher yes yeah he has a great voice like mm-hmm. he has a good voice for that they yeah should, he should just keep doing that <laughs> um Fran- francis mcdormand was initially announced in the role she plays uh ida the arlo's mother um and she yeah she did return to re-record her lines um yeah so um that stayed the same francis mcdormand i feel has she been in other pixar films um she seems like someone that they would... she sounds like a pixar well, she's mom like, well she's yeah. like from fargo and like the three billboards movie like she's been in like some more serious very stuff, prestigious like. yeah yeah like she she's a big name but i don't know i don't know if she's like lended her voice oh, to other stuff she has won how many Oscars do you think she's won? I'm gonna say five. Oh, yeah, you're you're going high, uh, close. Okay. So okay. try again. Well, I was oh. gonna say six originally. That's what I was <laughs> three. I don't know. <laughs> Alex, did you say? She said four. four. Yep, yep, you got it. For what? Uh, let's see. For I know Fargo was one. Um, Nomadland, uh, yeah, she. Uh, let's see, she was one of the producers on Nomadland. Okay, I, well, she's so one I, of the producers for this movie. Like she was wow. one of the ones that was listed as the producer oh, she, for the Good for Dinosaur. On really, sure. uh, well, I mean, it, it, at least it said it on Wiki. It, it could be wrong, but no, maybe you're right. Um. And let's see. So actress, she got an Oscar win for her uh, performance as well as best picture from Nomadland, um, but one for three billboards as well in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and she got the Oscar for that. Yeah. That one got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh, she was a voice in Madagascar, the movies. There you go. I'm trying um, to figure out who. My phone's not loading. <laughs> So yeah, three performance Oscars, Fargo, um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, and uh, Nomadland. And then also because she was producer on um, Nomadland, she, she won the Oscar for that. So that's oh, have you four. guys Have you guys watched Good Omens on Amazon Prime? It has, no. Oh, it's good. It has David that. Tennant and I think Martin Sheen. And they're basically like, devil god or like angel demon kind of thing mm. but she is a god slash narrator for that i didn't realize that 
Um, I was trying to figure out who she was. She is Captain Chantal Dubois in Madagascar 3. So. <laughs> I got a yeah I, I can't say I recall that voice but I do have to fact check myself I think I said Steve Zahn was the voice of the triceratops type dinosaur uh the, the pet collector that's actually Pete Stone <laughs> that's that's uh, socks who has the, well. the pet collector um <laughs> uh, but Steve Zahn was the the crazy cult leader pterodactyl <laughs> that's, you know what, that's that, made, that makes sense because... makes more sense yeah, his voice, his voice fits that. I can see that. Because I was like, yeah, he went kind of like really monotone if that was him. But I mean, yeah. voice acting is something that apparently really good actors can do. <laughs> both, both very comedic performances. Um, and then Arlo is Raymond Ochoa, um, who hasn't done a whole lot, I guess. Um, he, well, he was like a child. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he needed to be one. Yeah, he was like 14 when they did that movie. He he's he, he does stuff. He stays busy um making presumably just a bunch of homebrew stuff. Uh, these shorts called the Ochoa Boys. I think he does with his brothers. Um so very uh yeah, self-motivated dude. He was in the Walking Dead video game. Um he voiced Dash uh from The Incredibles in Disney Infinity. So he, he's got a career ahead of him. Well, I think it's funny that there is like, <laughs> they got a young voice actor or just a young actor for Spot. Yeah. I'm like, you guys just want to be get, like Alan Tudyk? If just they, like how at everything? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, did they hire somebody for that mm-hmm. or did, did they just like, obviously they would have needed to hire someone for that, but I didn't know if they like like sought someone specifically for that role or because there was so limited uh you know sounds from him i didn't know mm-hmm. if it was just something that they could have just put together with anyone so they, they did hire like specifically mm-hmm. someone for that his name's his jack name is... yeah oh uh, go ahead oh <laughs> uh, Br- bridget <laughs> uh, i'll let you read it you you are first uh, his name yeah his name is jack bright um and he actually was, he was additional children's voices in Monsters University two years earlier. And then he was in, he did Disney Infinity, the, the voice of Spot, and then The Good Dinosaur, and then Lego The Incredibles, also the voice of Spot. So, oh, wow. They're like, yeah, here's your credits. Howl. Howl. We just need you to howl Make and pay. Noises. That's yes. It. Grunt. <laughs> You're doing great, honey. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing good enough. I'll put you in the video game. <laughs> Yeah, I I did not realize that they got like a whole person. No, yeah, because I feel like you could have just used anybody on staff that day to just. Yeah, maybe they wanted the him. Microphone, so yeah, it might have been that they wanted him to sound like a kid. Yeah, and so they didn't just like get some random guy in production to make noises. Yeah. They're like, hey, we need him to be a child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The you know he's you know making animal noises like barking and all the howling, and that's clearly not derived from you know real life animal noises or something manufactured in a studio it's it's a it's a full performance all jack it's all yeah. man. He's killing it yeah when, can't wait to see what he does next yeah, shout out to jack the t-rexes are roaring at the uh you know the the retreating velociraptors um that, that's clearly a 
sound effect uh, for the T-Rexes, but then Arlo joins in and it's just his voice, you know, Raymond Ochoa <laughs> doing his best roar. Uh, <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, this, this movie being about, uh, you know, the runt of the litter, uh, more or less, Arlo, come, he came from the biggest, biggest. egg yeah but was easily the smallest of three siblings and he was picked on (laughs) as siblings will do the siblings gave gave you know gave him the youngest sibling treatment i'm guessing is what that was depicting there i don't know i'm the oldest so yeah as the oldest uh, i will say yes (laughs) (laughs) the it's certainly anxiety inducing for me it it um you know, I relate to that sort of need to measure up at all, um, <laughs> you know, at every turn, you know, struggling to uh, compete with, you know, your peers and your siblings, uh, you know, for status. Um, and he and- references his shortcomings all throughout the film, too, like <laughs> the way that he grew up. He was, you know, he said things like, oh, like, I'm not very good at jobs and, you know, that I can't, you know, I'm too scared. and all this stuff but then he goes and he does it all just fine you know good for him yeah well his his father's very supportive he says you're um you what what's the exact line you're everything i am and more something along those lines um which which seems very presumptuous because his father's this massive towering dinosaur <laughs> and arlo's this little runt I think it's one of those things that it's like, as a parent, you're like, you're pushing your kids to like do more and try more because of course he's like being the runt and the younger one, he's like kind of timid. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, oh yeah, like, oh no, I can't do it. Like, he's like, oh yeah, you have to find out what's eating the corn and kill it. And (laughs) then it comes to it and he's like, I can't, I I can't kill it. I don't want to kill it. And so it's like one of those things that like the parents trying to teach him to do like what they want him to do. But then it's like, at the end of the day though, you, they're their own person. And so it's like, yeah, like you want to measure up, but like you kind of have to let them like if your kid doesn't want to kill the thing eating the corn, you just don't kill the thing eating the corn, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like you had one job, you couldn't just do the one thing. But well, he, and then he know. didn't do it. And look what happened. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Chaos. Well, and of course, it, it you know, it is a tough world that they they're living in. You know, I the whole idea of like oh you have to earn your mark and it's like oh my gosh uh, what if i never i'm just gonna you know starve and die like a lot of poor helpless creatures in this harsh you know indifferent world um but um you know thankfully like they're you know intelligent dinosaurs capable of agriculture but if they don't you know get their harvest in before the winter like there's a chance they might not have enough food for the winter uh, and then Ar- arlo gets lost you know when they're in the middle of this harvest and that puts even more strain on an already strained family who's who's just lost the father so uh like <laughs> he uh he really doesn't seemingly do a whole lot of you know, highly evident um contribution in order to well, at the end, and and this is the part that got me the most most emotional is that he does 
get his mark at, at the very end of the movie. But it's like, well, what did he do? But I guess that's the key is he he is a part of that family. And for them, you know, the fact that, you know, they thought Surprise. he was maybe yeah they thought he was maybe dead and he he was no longer yeah he like made it back <laughs> so it's they, like they're like we're just happy you're here get get your paw up on there i mean because, <laughs> get your foot up there which which is a big deal that he did make it back because i i don't know if they specify how long he's gone or whatever but it it's a, a couple while. of days it was a while it was long and you know for a little little dinosaur who's afraid of everything to have to even be gone for an hour who has never been gone before is probably scary to dinosaur mommy. And, and then here yeah. he comes back, you know, days later after, especially like when they've been having these bad storms and stuff, which I'm sure yeah. is also affecting um, that family as well, assuming they're close enough in geographical location to yeah. where it's taking place. I'm not sure, but um, no, I bet it was just like, Oh, you know what? Like we, probably like didn't believe in you but we do now because you <laughs> like i didn't think you had it in you arlo but you did it just well, especially like yeah. well yeah well and especially because he was like basically like a kid dinosaur so like yeah like a full grown like whatever he was like brontosaurus or whatever it was mm -hmm. a full grown one doesn't have to worry about like getting getting eating like getting eaten by a carnivorous dinosaur but him being like a kid dinosaur he is smaller and so it's like, oh, yeah, you made it back without getting eaten by pterodactyls or velociraptors or even T-Rexes, even though the T-Rexes were cool. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, you made it back. And I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, he also helped Spot get back to his family, too, though. What if he just I mean, went? He tried, to, he tried to not. <laughs> he, tried to, he tried to say, oh, he's he like, uh -uh. man waiting on him on the mountain. And he said, uh us, -uh, we got to get home. Let's go a different way. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Don't look over there, young man. What if he just went and... all the corn you can eat? <laughs> if he just went and hid in a cave for a few days and like you know, um subsided on subsisted on berries, you know, and, and just lived it up uh, you know, easy life for a few days and while his family <laughs> searched for him. You know, as long as he stayed hidden enough, he could have just done that and then come back and earned his mark. <laughs> yeah, but did I mean, his yeah. family even go looking for him? Like, they didn't even talk about that. Like, did they, he, I don't know. Did he just, like, go away? And then they were like, well, he's gone now. <laughs> okay. they, didn't, they didn't even cut to, like, even, like, a... 10 second clip for of his of his family crying like not even like, out for him or nothing <laughs> he just goes away and they're like thank god he's gone if they didn't search <laughs> for him very good anyway he could have just camped out like the hill over if they didn't search for him and just hung out for a few days and then come back but no i i mean i think they sense he had been through hell and he's been through it he, yeah well, just his posture comes back yeah you come back and it's like you've changed from like this little kid to like a kid who knows more someone who's lived a life like, yeah a who's been life. through it <laughs> mm -hmm. well that and, it, and i think even that like paired with also like paired with the death it's like yeah now you've gone through all this trauma and turmoil you're a grown-up now <laughs> and then yeah. having to let his like little buddy go so sad i know oh. he's had so much loss I mean, that's um, the, you know, objectively the most emotionally poignant scene in the film, I would say. Um, 
because he goes through all that trouble to like save him and then you know he he does all this stuff to save him like he's doing these little things building up to that yeah. really big climactic moment in the river um when yeah. in, like the little uh tree trunk or whatever in the middle of the river and and he goes and, and saves him and blah 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 and then he has to like say goodbye it's so sad and you see how Spot is welcomed in by this other family, and that's you know it's super touching. Um, I will. I was maybe a little zoned out at that point, that to where I just <laughs> uh, you know maybe intentionally just didn't want to you know take in the full weight of the. <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, I think it's like he had to like learn to kind of be like selfless. For sure. Because he's like, ah, oh, yeah, like I want to keep it. I want to keep him. He's mine. And he's like, oh, you should let him go to his family. He's like, but I could keep it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> but was that even Spot's family? I'm assuming it was because he like because they he were only, like howling. He only puts when when Arlo's doing the thing where he's like showing, um, like he's like this is my family and like draws a circle around it, and then Spot does it too, and he has three sticks, and then he like takes away the two larger sticks. So I. I symbolizing his parents and then when he goes to these other humans there's not there's not just two of them or there's like another kid or two or there's there's more of them than what i would have thought and also their features are different this family has pointy noses which was something that i noticed all of them had pointy noses and his was round and then the hair color was different so i'm one and then um the animal pelts that they had on were also different colors this family all had the same color whereas his was more like a leopard print or cheetah print or something um so i'm wondering if it is different. it was his it's not family his family or just you it's know not. another civil you know human civilization that he recognized as well you know dinosaurs and i know people you know so i, I wonder if like, that really was his family or not regardless like that's it's not belong it's not <laughs> it's not no well, i looked uh, it up <laughs> okay uh, yeah no, I looked it up. spot basically like, well, spot adopted, yeah. yeah spot basically tells arlo that his parents are dead okay i thought they were yeah. so i didn't i i didn't think that was his family at the end but i obviously is like where he felt like he should mm -hmm. be so yeah he gets taken in by the targaryen family with the silver hair <laughs> yeah well, it says that they're like a family of like neanderthal characters which is why they have like okay. blonde hair and he doesn't so yeah i guess it's like he's like hey i mean i guess it's like because you know they're supposed to be like dogs it's kind of <laughs> like how packs of like dogs will take in other dogs and they just like run around with each other and like hang out so there's <laughs> arlo was like hey you look like them you should go with them <laughs> they're gonna help well, you how out old? they all how old they yeah, that's their own way to communicate. That's so. what I'm saying. They're they're basically just dogs. Do wolves exist. <laughs> it's a dog. Part. Yeah. <laughs> dogs, you know. <laughs> oh well. No, I so I didn't I didn't get that his family was dead, but that does make sense. It's like they both like lost stuff, so now they have to like find where they need to be. Yeah, they they do the little stick families, and uh, when Spot, you know, stands his three sticks up, he then you know um takes the the two larger sticks representing his parents and lays them down and buries them uh, as mm -hmm. if like uh 
they're dead and in the ground. Man, that, it was such a dark movie. Died, though, because he's such a young kid and he's by himself. And like, how did he last by himself for so long being so young? Like, I wonder if the same flood that wiped out Arlo's dad, like wiped out his parents, too. Maybe. They don't really touch well, on I, the I backstory. So who knows? Yeah, but Spot was there before. But oh, yeah. I think well, I yeah. mentioned that oh, the weather yeah. wasn't great. And if they, you know, back then it's like that was a time of like when people like foraged and lived the on the land. So it could have just been like it could have been a number of things. It could have gotten eaten by pterodactyls. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. yeah. Spot was on his own for a while. Uh, yeah, I guess I mean, he was yeah. living in a silo. Just a little feral child. Um feral child, aren't they all? <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yes. <laughs> like in uh, Mad Max uh, to the, the Road Warrior. Wait, okay. Yeah. Mad Max 2 is the Road Yeah, Fury Warrior. Road. Uh, uh, was there a feral child in Fury Road as well? There was definitely. feral? I, mean, I feel like everyone was feral. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but there's a, a feral child in the second Mad Max movie. And speaking of, uh, uh, what's his name? The freaking Mad um, Max. Um, John, uh, um, no. The, the, what, was Mel Gibson, like, the Mel, Gibson Mel Gibson Mel yeah. Gibson I was uh, like Tom Hardy was the last one <laughs> the score of this movie reminded me of Braveheart like the main theme it was just a few bars different seemingly than the, the Braveheart theme you know, da, 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 I can da, see da, that da, yeah um, but it, well, I didn't recognize the names of I think it was uh, two um, co-collaborators uh, brothers who did the score for the good dinosaur said uh, cast uh, music by Jeff Dana and Michael Dana. So hmm. I I find that a lot with and Pixar movies tend to like using fairly um, orchestral uh, symphonic like um, almost operatic style scores like classic you know James Horner who did uh, Braveheart or uh, you know John Williams of course you know popularizing the use of very symphonic scores uh, with his work on star wars jaws but um you know the animated films are, are some of the few movies nowadays that really carry on that classical tradition a lot of scores are, are more just like background ambience uh, nowadays uh, yeah. but yeah the, with these like michael giacchino does a lot of pixar movies and i find a lot of his scores resemble like other works by other famous film composers <laughs> um but that's you know just kind of how it goes everyone's kind of iterating on everything that's come before well i think like movies that don't have like songs in it mm -hmm. like having like the orchestral type background music it's always a good way to like give the audience tone without being like blatantly like hey we're singing this is a song about being sad it's like oh yes let's give me some somber sad music in the background <laughs> but i looked so i looked it up apparently michael dana he has an oscar for best original score for life of pi okay oh wow yeah he's he's jeff dana i don't i don't i don't see any oscars here so i don't, yeah. I don't know <laughs> there are there are a few movies about singing dinosaurs um, there's one with John Goodman back in the 90s. It's called like We're Back, a dinosaur story or something. I, I, I've seen it. I've okay. seen that. Yes, I have seen it. I, I have, have not seen, seen it. It is interesting. I will tell you because I don't think I watched it as a kid. I watched it as an adult and I was like, what is this? And we like I watched it with my daughter and I was like, what are we watching? It's very interesting. There's like 
magic and a evil carnival. It's, they basically like get brought back to life. Like dinosaurs get brought back to life in like modern day, but it's the nineties. I think James Horner did the score for that. I don't know. I don't think he did the like musical numbers, but uh, he did the score, if I'm not mistaken, Um, music by, it just says music by James Horner. So, Um, (laughs) but there is singing in that movie, correct? I'm not making that up. Yes. I think, yes, there is. I think so. And uh, it's not like a blatant musical, though. It's okay. just like there are songs. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, and then the the Land Before Time sequels, but not the original. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly, it, it evolves into a musical franchise, but only after the only the non theatrical installments. <laughs> which is weird because I feel like I've seen so many of them. Like I couldn't even tell you like which one's which at this point. Like I've they're a blur to me from my childhood. <laughs> well, the first one is like a real movie. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's like the legit movie. The others are, you know, kind of the direct-to-video aesthetic. Um, well, I appreciate you all uh, coming on to to do this and talk about a movie that's not necessarily in the cultural conversation other than the fact that dinosaurs are a bit relevant right now. We've had the big documentary on Apple TV and also we just had um, Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic World. The end of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what's that new show called on Apple TV? It's a uh, jur- Ooh, I don't know on Apple TV. Uh, dinosaur walking with the dinosaurs or something like that um documentary uh apple tv rich david attenborough not richard attenborough he was you know he played the guy who founded jurassic park in the movie uh prehistoric planet prehistoric planet uh from may 18th 2022 when uh, that debuted it's a series i i started watching it but it's like i've got so many things to watch um, <laughs> how i feel you're like i gotta rewatch the good dinosaur come on <laughs> great great visual effects in that series though i know it's, you know similar level quality to like a jurassic park or jurassic world wow um uh, yeah the... get on apple tv man i know apparently there's I some good, a lot stuff, of good on there. stuff on there that i want to see i just i've never I don't I don't even pay for any streaming services that I currently have now. So I'm not about <laughs> to start. <laughs> who who wants to give us a login? <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if we cover luck, uh, you know, I'll just <laughs> give Watch you a party. Well, we life yeah. will find a way. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, what we didn't talk about, though. What's that? How pretty how pretty the scenes were. I was going to mention some of that in the final um, thoughts, but yeah. Uh, the... Look, I ruined it. Sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thanks for bringing it up because yeah, the, the look of this movie is very sort of distinctive from a lot of things. They, You know, the first time Pixar did not have a consecutive annual release was of course the year 2014, but between 2006 with cars and 2013 with Monsters University, uh, Pixar had released, I think, one exactly one film per year during that stretch. Uh, took a little break in 2014, but there was, uh, you know, huge innovations that went on in the CGI animation industry in that time to where there was a new um, 
lighting standard so that uh, a lot of people collaborators collaborators within the film industry came together and and developed called Aces Academy Color uh, uh, encoding standards. Um, and that includes things like subsurface scattering. You know, you see with Arlo, he's very cartoony looking, but the uh, physiology is is very realistic for an animated character. He the does textures, believe the textures, yeah, the textures are amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the environments, of course, Bridget, take it away on the, uh, the environments. Oh, no, it was just like it was like almost realistic. It like. Which and I, I I did read that article that you shared with me, and it, they were saying that they like took from the actual like mapping system that I don't remember what the acronym is right now, but that like the government map. Oh well, yeah, the, use. <laughs> the United States Geographical yeah. Survey. Yeah. Or geolo geological survey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the they like used that to like make all of the landscapes because they were like we want it to seem like very realistic, and then it you is. have like these kind of cartoony people well, people i guess characters in it mm -hmm. um so they were like yeah we were like really wanted it like they apparently did a ton of like camping in wyoming like out in the west to get mm -hmm. like the vibes they like they went whitewater rafting like lost a camera but then like the people who took them whitewater rafting were like oh yeah we know where your camera will come out and then they like went and found it and so they had that footage of it like going down the river I was like, ah, yes, they must have used that for all the drowning scenes, I guess. <laughs> uh, they were like, it's realistic. <laughs> this is what happens. Um, but yeah, it was happen. Yeah. And then they had, um, so they had like painters come and like paint the scenes. And then, which I think that they didn't do it. They did have like some painting for the sky, but they did a different kind of effect for the clouds and everything. Um, just so everything would just look really realistic. And I'm like, I don't know anyone that can draw that well to make, or like paint that well to make a whole scene look realistic like that for like 50 miles. Yeah. Like, I, they went real big with it. I noticed that as soon as the movie started, I think it, I think it opens up with like uh, on the water, like panning out to grassiness. And I was like, I don't remember this movie looking like, I was like, this looks like real. And then, yeah. And then I'm like watching and yeah, like the, the backgrounds, like all the, like the environment, like looks so real, but the characters are very cartoony, but the fact that they're like, like the juxtaposition between the like super cartoony characters and the realistic setting kind of, I feel like blends together really well with the way that they did use the textures in the dinosaurs and stuff where they still yeah. made them their shapes and is is very cartoony but and their coloring is kind of cartoon i mean i don't really know what dinosaurs looked yeah. like yeah. Color <laughs> but you know the colors were very bright but mm -hmm. then you have like those textures on the dinosaurs where it looks super real and then I don't know. It just blended together super well. And then that with like the way that they moved being like natural looking. I, it was great. It The animation was beautiful for this movie. It really was. It, it was a, an intentional choice, you know, to contrast the cartoony characters with this just extremely technically sophisticated uh, new uh, technology that they were able to utilize it for this film um and i don't know it, it maybe 
contrast a bit too much or else people were just a little bit on Pixar overload in 2015 that, um, you know, the good dinosaur just didn't have the same kind of box office legs as something like, you know, it came out around the same time Frozen. as Frozen or, <laughs> yeah, but also uh, Inside Out did not quite as well as Frozen at the box office, but similar numbers to you know what you would hope for from a, a pixar film especially an original pixar film um what what came out in 2014 in that disney slot it might not have been either uh okay after frozen 24 big hero six that's big right. hero six which didn't i feel like it didn't get enough hype i love big hero six it's a so good <laughs> have you watched the the on the disney plus Baymax. Is there, yeah. is there like a little uh show now yeah the Baymax series i've not seen it yet i haven't, uh, seen haven't it either. either i just i just saw a clip from it and it seemed really cute i started watching the monsters series um monsters oh, at work monsters I love Monsters Inc. I watched Monsters Inc. for like four months straight because I didn't have cable when I was younger in my apartment. And I literally watched it every night. Monsters Inc. is my jam. <laughs> yeah. Well, and of course, the new series kind of got by me, Monsters at Work. And I didn't I, even know that was a thing. I've seen the first episode. I yeah, feel I've like, seen yeah. the first episode. I haven't watched it yet, but my kids weren't really into it. Like my kids are into different stuff. And so I'm like, I either have to watch it like by myself when they're not paying attention or like get them into it. And yeah. Watch it. I know <laughs> I've seen promos somewhere like Henry Winkler is in it as a voice and Mindy Kaling. So like they've got some good oh, talent. Um, yeah. That, but it's, it is low key. Great. Yeah. Based on the first episode, I, it was really intriguing. So I'm definitely, check it out. yeah, I still need to watch monsters university though. Oh, uh, it's cute. I like it. I haven't I seen like it yet. It. It's good. It's just them, but younger. Yeah. <laughs> it's just basically like them when they like are emerging from like teenagers to being like college people. Yeah. It, it, it was interesting, but it it was interesting though because it's like some of the thing. There was something in Monsters Inc. that kind of like conflicted with them like meeting in, in university, and I can't remember what it was exactly, but it was like it didn't like add up. <laughs> that they yeah, met in university there might have been some weird dialogue retcons but also like would what why do you need to study scaring at a at a universe like these are and blue you're collar a monster <laughs> yeah this, these are clearly like blue collar workers working at this big company and you know it's it's not it's Which sort of cool just for this <laughs> shift yeah you're like I, i'm a college educated scarer <laughs> thank cool you for a warehouse job <laughs> pretty much but whatever you know that's just it's a it's a prestigious <laughs> thing in this monster world and um and then of course the the scaring you know gets you know put on the kibosh in you know the first monsters film monsters inc and you see that little, uh, you know, appendix at the 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 uh, uh, what, what, epilogue uh, where now monsters are acting as comedians, but it's like, how did that transition actually work? It seems almost like a, a bit of a leap that monsters who have trained their whole lives to be scarers are now capable of making kids laugh without just continuing to scare the living crap out of these kids <laughs> well that was for years well that was another thing it's like in monsters inc like mike isn't really like the scarer 
but he like tried so hard to be one in university yeah. and like they won doing it together, but then he doesn't do it when they go to work. Well, he's <laughs> and then he is the one in charge of converting the workflow at Monsters Inc. from scaring to laughing, laughing. Yeah. Uh, um, but, I was like continuity didn't really add up <laughs> but well, I, I'm like I'm willing to look past it because I love Monsters Inc so <laughs> well just seeing the politics of how this transition occurs is really fascinating and like there is a character in uh Monsters at Work who you know gets employed you know just recently hired at the company to be a scarer a recent graduate from Monsters University and now he, he his skill set is pretty much meaningless it's just very relevant to a lot of how the industry works. And even with like this new visual effects documentary, uh, Light and Magic, that's on Disney Plus about visual effects and, and industrial light and magic, the company created by George Lucas and has gone from you know mainly practical and optical effects uh, to now like relying just so heavily on visual, you know, computer effects and, and those worlds just being so different that like, when when that initial like T-Rex in Jurassic Park was unveiled as a CGI model, there's so many people in like the model department and the, the animator Phil Tippick, who did stop motion, you know, was just like, oh, gosh, my my work is extinct because this looks better than anything I could ever do using, you know, a puppet. But, it's yeah. so wild, though, because I've seen do you like that? And it's like surprisingly though there are still movies that like want like hands-on like work and honestly I feel like like I think CGI is cool and I think a lot can be done with it mm -hmm. but I, I like movies that look like work went into it like actual like like there's like more work to it <laughs> versus the, just yeah. like computer graphics the end result is always better when you combine the two yeah but like that's expensive <laughs> it is yeah. I, I I want both. Okay. <laughs> I want both things. I'm spoiled. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation for today. Monsters. I mean, they, they come out pretty digestible or, you know, they it's, it's long been uh, out on Disney plus there's maybe what 10 episodes in the first season okay. or so uh, 30 minute episode. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, I guess Baymax, you know, I maybe get around to that as well, but uh all these different things. I know there's going to be a Zootopia series as well. So it's, it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the thing about like the streaming industry now that there's like so much, like I haven't watched, I haven't started watching She-Hulk because I didn't realize it was already mm. out. And then I'm like, I like, I like the, like, I loved Miss Marvel. thought it was very cute, but now I'm like, I have so many things I have to watch. <laughs> I, I no, will like, probably, to, but... yeah, I, I've finished all the Marvel series on Disney plus and except for Ms. Marvel, I'm sure I'll get around to it, but it's not hooking me quite as much. I don't know. That's the only one I started and I never even finished the first episode. I, I thought it was really cute. I would say get past the first episode because my husband wasn't really sold on the first episode. He's actually kind of on like a superhero burnout right now. Sure. He's like uh, overwhelmed by superhero things. Yeah. yeah. I don't do the superhero thing, so I'm trying to get into it. So but we're trying. We're like, watch it. Watch so it. <laughs> there's a new episode of She Hulk out. I'll probably check that because I did see the first episode. I thought it was good. I mean, I was intrigued by the whole like fourth wall breaking element of it. I was like, oh, is this come out be... weekly. 
Yeah. 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 Uh, so She Hulk was something that I was interested in. She's like a lawyer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah She's yeah, yeah. um, what's his face's cousin? Yeah, Bruce Banner. Yeah, Bruce Banner. That's is that Hulk name? Yes. Okay. That is yeah. that's the Hulk's name. <laughs> yeah, she like basically like from what I know, she gets the same thing for some reason, and then she is basically She Hulk. Cool. Yeah, I want to watch it. I love like that girls get to be superheroes too mm-hmm. now i know i still haven't watched the thor movie either so i can see natalie portman as yeah. mighty thor so i guess i, I have, <laughs> have some stuff to catch up on no, <laughs> i'm I, gonna i'm gonna download the she hulk episodes to watch on the plane i love on friday flea bag that was such a great series on amazon prime Fleabag. i believe flea bag yeah uh where the character like is um frequently uh breaking the fourth wall not within the universe of the show necessarily but she just talks to the audience sort of and narrates her journey. <laughs> oh, I um, haven't watched that, but I've seen, I've seen the people really like it. So I'm yeah. going to have to put that on my watch list so I can watch it. She Hulk isn't <laughs> quite like that. Um, I'd be fine if they did like did a Marvelized version of that premise, but. Um, so is it like fourth wall breaking, like Deadpool fourth wall breaking? It's more like that. Yeah. Okay. Which is weird. Okay. But yeah, it is weird because I thought that's just like Deadpool's thing. I didn't think anyone else got to do that. <laughs> like how how seriously are we supposed to take this MCU reality? Like, I guess maybe in universe you could explain it as, you know, she's just not taking this whole superhero thing very seriously. So she's like pretending she's is it in like the office. <laughs> is it like the office where she just looks at the camera? She's like, oh, I hope so. Well, and of course, in universe, in the office, that is an actual documentary crew. Like you do see them from time to time. Um, And I think they that all ties together at like the very end of the series as well. Like they do Hmm. acknowledge the whole documentary aspect of it a a little bit more in depth. But yeah, this I, you know, Deadpool too. He's just so you know advanced in his intellect that he can just kind of pause and narrate to himself. If you want to explain it that way, I don't know. Well, like, <laughs> just, isn't the know. next Deadpool going to be like under Disney's like thing? Like, I suppose under that scope. The, the, yeah, he'll he'll think... get yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, it's going to be like like legit rated R Disney movie, and I was like. I mean, technically, yeah, but yeah, is it yeah. supposed to be in <laughs> continuity to the MCU? And of course, now everything is in continuity to a degree. X-Men, yeah, X Men's coming in. Well, because of the whole uh, multiverse thing, like mm-hmm. you just say, oh, he's in just kind of a different universe, but the same, but you know, it's all one multiverse. <laughs> well, yeah, I was kind of like how like Venom was like briefly in the Spider Man movie. And then wasn't he was in the third <laughs> one? That was my favorite one. Yeah. Well, there she, was. She just watched all the. She just watched movies. all the Spider Man. <laughs> the Sam Raimi Spider Man, and then yeah, I watched yeah Tobey Maguire. That's my Spider Man. The the whole uh, yeah, Tom Hardy Venom movies, which are different. You know, those were released not by Disney but by Sony, so they they aren't yeah. technically MCU except. You know, there are, yeah, those um, stinger scenes that do incorporate elements of the MCU because with the whole multiverse thing, they, they could bring in like Venom now and Morbius, mm-hmm. and, you know, the Sony stuff. Uh, yeah, it's all it's all, you know, they want to 
um, f- figure I out some over. Guys we're talking about, but I have no idea. Well, Do you, also, have you heard of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll map it out for you one day. I'll draw no, you a map. I have no clue what you guys are talking about at all. I try to explain just... it to Godfrey and he doesn't understand either. He's like, I, who, what? I need to know who, can I just watch a movie where I don't need to know anything? I only, <laughs> like... I only know Tobey Maguire. So anything beyond that, I, I don't know. It's a way to bring things together, but it's also a way to sort of kick things to the curb because, you know, you actors age and you have to recast things. And so you can, you know, use writing tricks to, explain you know why certain characters aren't appearing or why you know this different version of the character is now appearing because it's a different universe or a different section of the multiverse you're making you know this whole new like flash movie that's supposed to come out next year you know michael <laughs> keaton yeah is i mean the, the big feature of that movie is that michael keaton's returning as batman after i, many decades. I love michael keaton as batman sounds awesome <laughs> He was my favorite Batman, even though people like he was so corny. And I'm like, I love that. I love corny Batman. You know, they, they might have to deep fake the Flash, which, you know, might work out OK if they do that. But... <laughs> I, I keep I keep seeing that they want people who are like, oh, yeah, replace Ezra with the guy who's from the show. And I can't remember his name right now. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine. They could just be like, ah, you know what? Multiverse. That one's gone. This one's here. Sorry. <laughs> They've been switched. Yeah, yeah. Grant, Grant, all over again. Grant Gustin is the actor, right? Because that's a very superhero-y sounding name, but it's the oh, actor. He, yeah, <laughs> he like he's like perfect for it, honestly. Okay. They when, they, when they announced Ezra Miller as like going to be the Flash, like when they started doing those movies and like including the Flash, and I was like, why don't they just use the guy who is the Flash on the show? Yeah. But I, I don't know. You know how they are. They're like, we want to make it our own. it's a brave new world you know you can bring up people from the the tv world and you know tv is just as prestigious as film now anyways um but of course there are different scales of stardom that you have to take into account but it's like ezra miller he's basically canceled (laughs) yeah oh he's very problematic it's not good it's not looking good for him so, or oh, for them, I'm sorry. For them, um, well, for them, I'm sorry. Yeah, so let's maybe yeah, not. Well, talk yeah, about yeah, they're not binary. Sorry, uh, but yeah, so they're just not. They're not having a good time. They are in therapy right now because they're let's, not having a good time. Let's all hope you know, the so, best. <laughs> it's yeah. it's a spectacle. I mean, it's, it's I don't know if you saw the movie. No, but it's all about like humans' fascination with wild spectacle and uh, I to our yet, detriment. But I do. Yeah, I yeah, want to see it. I want to see it. It's good. It's not what I was expecting, and I was a little let down, but it's still, you know, very, you know, competent film from Jordan Peele. So well, every I recommend. Every time I see, like, I used to, you see Get Out, and Get Out was so good. And so every time I see something, I'm like, is it going to be as good Get as Out. Get Out? I've only what? seen, I've only seen the one with the scissors. That's, yeah, us. us uh, yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen, seen. I've yeah. seen them both. Seen, Get Out isn't yeah. like as creepy in the same way as us i want to see get out it's Um, good i keep meaning to watch it just haven't yet i've been i've been trying to get on on board with catching up on movies and stuff lately so (laughs) my big task she she has movie days where she just watches movies all day watch movies all day long i'm trying to like people be like oh this movie's so good and i was like and i you know i'm always like i've never seen it they're like what have you never seen it and i'm like oh god so I have like a whole busy. 
get out yeah get out fires on all cylinders it was a riot in the theaters us was a little more of a slow burn but it's interesting i Um, like those like psychological thriller suspense mm-hmm. type things like well, i just I watched like, get out it's like a twist i just I watched like... old which was good I don't, yeah. oh yeah it's a lot like i old. just i just watched that the other night i thought that was super good i like movies like that where it's like i don't know the kind of like, kind of creepy kind of <laughs> i like, I like creepy like movies i like the, i don't like I, i'm not gonna say i don't like scary movies i just don't really watch scary movies but i love like the little like psychological like mind twisty type movies so yeah, definitely love uh, stuff like that yeah one of my favorite genres uh, always has been uh apple tv plus speaking of uh there's a sort of a psychological drama called physical that i really enjoy and lady has eating disorder and set set in the 80s so there's a great soundtrack so, but uh rose byrne who was oh, uh, i love rose byrne yeah she got her start in like star wars in you know the move her movie career she was a you know, already pretty famous in australia i think before star wars but then uh, she was one of the handmaidens in uh, episode oh, two like- I was like, who was she? I do not remember her in Star Wars. Corday, uh, Padme's uh, handmaid. She's only in a couple scenes. When she, they were young. Like she was younger. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was like young. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually think I do know that. <laughs> My brain doesn't work. She's been in a couple, in a lot of things since then. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm. She was in Bridesmaids yeah being such a star wars nerd though that's that's my (laughs) that's my (laughs) reference for everything (laughs) well she's been in so much stuff but i've actually seen bridesmaids like recently so i'm like oh yes helen (laughs) she was in uh the x-men first class yeah x-men first class um oh yeah isn't she like um xavier's like girlfriend yeah what's that character's name she you know um anyways we've been rambling we were Uh, rambling at this point (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank, thank you, Alex and Bridget, though, so much for chatting about movies and all this fun stuff. Um, but yeah, lo- let's uh, lo- uh, let the audience, let the listener know where they can find you, uh, Bridget, if you uh, have some social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Bridget, Bridge with a T, 5246. But Alex, uh, you uh, you gonna <laughs> you can pass? find me you can find me tagged uh, in the Thodcast stories on Instagram sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I uh, you don't mind if I me if you really want to find me? No, yeah. I don't care if you tag me. I love it. That's uh, all right. Sounds good. So so yeah, if you uh, you have to do some sleuthing uh, if you want to, to find Alex, but. Otherwise, find the Thoughtcast, uh, thoughtcast.com, streaming on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Amazon Music. That's the streaming app that I briefly subscribed to when I got a free trial. Um, <laughs> and at Thoughtcast on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Well, um, yeah, this was a fun bit of a longer one, but uh, it was was a good chat. So we'll be back with some more Thoughtcast in the near future. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, you all have a magical day. Have a wonderful week. Warm hugs. Warm hugs.